0: out this morning may I just welcome those who are not usually with us and those who are new to us it's uh, it's really wonderful to see you this morning Uh, just a question uh, from that hymn that we've just been singing or that song that uh, wonderful song that Margaret's uh, taught us recently I know that my Redeemer lives who in the Bible said that (coughs) Job Job that's right Job now Job was a wealthy man wasn't he um, he had plenty wealth, plenty of uh, cattle, plenty money, a large family. And yet God allowed Satan to come and deal with Job in such a way that he lost everything. And everything was taken away from him. And you might think Job would be one who would have cursed God, who would have uh, denied God even because of what had happened to him. His friends uh, tried to uh, uh, persuade him to curse God and die, didn't they? So-called friends, anyway. But in the middle of um, everything that was going on, Job was confident in his God. He knew that God had blessed him in the past, that whatever happened to his life in the future, that God was with him. And he, he uttered these words, I know that my Redeemer lives, and that in the end, He will stand upon the earth. I know that my Redeemer lives and that in the end he will uh, stand upon the earth. He didn't say, I think that my Redeemer lives. Or other people say that our Redeemer might live, but that I know, I know that my Redeemer lives. And that's what we sung to you this morning. You very kindly sang back and very well sang back uh, to us. I wonder if we have the same confidence as Job this morning, that we know the time our Redeemer lives. In the past week, Holy Week as it's called, um, last Sunday we, uh, we looked at the uh, Palm Sunday experience of Jesus as he came into Jerusalem. Robert brought out to us how the people wanted him to destroy the Romans to get rid of the Romans from their land and uh, and give them back their, their freedom and their uh, superiority over others, and yet he Robert explained to us didn 't he how God really blessed us and helped us uh, during that time, not by removing the Romans but saving us from a great far greater enemy, the enemy of sin. then on Friday we we gathered together, and uh, Mike led us uh, very uh, poignantly didn't he in that um, in remembering the death of our Lord Jesus Christ how he died to save us how cruel men took him and thought they got rid of him uh, as they nailed him to the cross we, uh, we thought of how Joseph Abraham and Matthew went and begged for the body of Jesus and took him down from the cross and laid him in a tomb that's where we left the Lord on Friday wasn't it but this morning we've got so much to praise him for. Because with Job we can say, I know that my Redeemer lives. We know that he lives this morning because he lives within our hearts. Perhaps I could just, uh, if I've got a hymn book. Just read the first verse and chorus of a, 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 an old hymn. But um, there it is. It says, I serve a risen Saviour. He's in the world today. I know that He is living, whatever men may say. I see His hand of mercy. I know His voice of cheer. And just the time I need Him, He's always near. And then this chorus that comes in He lives, He lives. Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives. He lives. Salvation to impart. You ask me how I know he lives. He lives within my heart. And that's how we know that Jesus lives this morning. Because it's very personal to us, isn't it? Those of us that know him as our Lord and as our Saviour. It's very personal to us that Jesus has come into our lives. And not only did he die for us, as we thought about on Friday... But marvellously, he God raised him again from the dead because death couldn't hold him. Death had no hold on him at all. Death had no victory over him. Jesus was alive. And we know this because he lives within our hearts. There was many people who, in those days, said that he wasn't alive, that it was all a fallacy. That it was all um, just the desire of those few disciples. If we read, uh, if we read uh, in Matthew chapter 27, I think it is, that even when he was dead, the chief priest said, went to Pilate and said, can we seal the tomb? Can we um, just uh, make sure that nobody comes and takes his body away? And Pilate gave them permission to, to, to go and to uh, seal the tomb and to take uh, care that no one could steal his body they put a guard on, a, a very strong guard on that tomb I'll read to you from Matthew chapter 28 which uh, carries on that uh, story now it's page 1,000 in the church bibles if anybody wants to follow it a very convenient uh, number this morning, 1,000 and became like dead men I'll carry on with this portion in a minute but just think of that that the the guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men these guards that the um, chief priests and the rabbis and the scribes had placed on the tomb they were like dead men they were afraid, they shook they couldn't do anything about what was happening on that day because Jesus had risen again from the dead and they went to the um, uh, these men went to the authorities and they told them what they'd seen and what they'd heard but they said no don't, 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 don't go saying that don't go telling people that Jesus is risen from the dead say that his disciples came you fell asleep and his disciples came and took away his body while you were asleep now there's a fallacy that is used today that Jesus isn't alive that something happened. People even deny his death, don't they? But those who perhaps accept his death deny his resurrection because they say he can't be alive. Something must have happened. Perhaps he just swooned. Perhaps he was just asleep in some way and they thought he was dead. Or perhaps his disciples had come and taken him away from the dead. But these guards, they told the story, didn't they? They told the story to the chief priests and scribes that Jesus had risen from the dead, that they'd actually seen it. They were the only human people to see what really happened on that day, that Jesus was alive. Yeah, the chief priests persuaded them or bribed them to tell the story that they'd fallen asleep and his disciples must have come and stolen his body while he was alive. And they even said they would make it right with Pilate if they did this. No, Jesus is alive. Men saw it happen on that day. But more than that, if we go on to read, um, he was going to appear to his disciples. The angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus, who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, He has risen from the dead. And he's going ahead of you into the Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So the women hurried away from the tomb, uh, afraid yet, filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. Then he came, came, then came, then came to him. They came to him, clasped his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said, do not be afraid. Go, tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. In this portion that we read this morning, uh, we, we read about the, the women who came to the tomb uh, to see Jesus' body and to treat it as they would with respect by laying the, uh, the spices upon his body. But when they they got there, there was nothing to be found, was there? Two things I'd like to leave with you this morning. Two statements that we have in the scriptures from uh, um, from these angels. First of all, they said, come and see the place where he lay. Come and see the place where he lay. They didn't say, come and see his body. Because Jesus had risen, they'd already told them that. He is not here, he has risen, just as he said. Then come and see the place where he lay. And that's the invitation to each one of us this morning, isn't it? To come and see the place where he lay, where Jesus was buried, where Jesus was uh, dead within the tomb, but from where he had risen again, from the dead, come and see the place where he lay. When we come to the tomb, we don't see the body of Jesus because he is risen. We see the place where he lay. Peter and John came uh, when the women had told them to the tomb and looked in the tomb. And that's what they saw. They saw the grave clothes, but they didn't find the body of Jesus because he had risen from the dead. And uh, we are invited this morning to come and see this place where he lay we don't come to see the the Lord himself we come to see the place where he lay and in that we believe don't we we believe that God has raised him from the dead and that he is alive forevermore but after that not not were well, they only told to come and see but they're told to go and tell go and tell and Jesus um, uh, speaks about that to us about well, the time when he came uh to the Mount of Olives, didn't he? And he told them to go into all the world and preach the gospel. They were to go and tell. Yes, we quietly come and see the place where he lay, and we believe in our hearts that God has raised him from the dead. But it's up to us then to go and tell others that Jesus himself is really alive. I would say it's not up to us to prove that Jesus is alive, because we know within our hearts, we know within ourselves don't we, that he has risen from the dead. We know that he is alive today because he lives within our, within our hearts. And the more that we tell people this, the more that we um, share this with people, I'm sure that the Holy Spirit himself can take hold of that message and, uh, and, en- and enter it into the hearts and into the minds of uh, men and women and, and young people in this day and age so that they might believe when you remember somebody like peter who was so bombastic in what he was going to do uh, with the body of jesus or with jesus himself that he would never let anyone uh, take him and kill him from that point going down to the depths of his life uh, where he uh, he denied didn't he even knowing the lord jesus christ and yet we read in acts two that uh, He said this, fellow Israelites, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did among you through him, as you yourselves know. This man was handed over to you you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge, and you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. What they saw of the disciples on that Pentecost Sunday was a remarkable difference from what they'd seen of the disciples on, the, on that Good Friday. The Holy Spirit had come into their lives. He was helping them to just tell people that Jesus was alive. And because he was alive, then they could put their trust in him. Yes, they, they could put their trust in him because he died for them at Calvary's Cross, but they could all the more put their trust in him because he was alive, and he was alive with them, uh, to them forever. I remember once the, uh, Michael Parkinson in his uh, famous television interviews, interviewed Cliff Richards, and at the end Cliff was talking about his, uh, his faith, and Michael Parkinson said to him, well, tell me this, Cliff. What if at the end of everything, none of this is true? He says, well, Michael, he says, I'll have have lived a good life. I'll have followed my beliefs in the Lord Jesus Christ as my saviour. And if at the end I just die and there's nothing, I'll not have lost anything, will I? And Michael Parkinson's nodding her head to him. He said, but Michael, tell me this. What if I'm telling the truth? There was deathly hush in the, uh, in the auditorium on that day when, uh, what if I'm telling the truth, that he is risen again from the dead? <coughs> Michael Parkinson didn't know what to say to him. And that could be our answer, couldn't it? If people deny that Jesus has risen from the dead, well, just imagine if that was true, that when we died, that was the end of everything. We would still have lived a good life, wouldn't we? But how marvel it is to know that Jesus is alive, that he he rose again from the dead. And Paul speaks of this, doesn't he? uh, Because in 1 Corinthians 15, that great uh, argument that he brings on the resurrection from the dead, of Christ's resurrection, of our resurrection. In 1 Corinthians 15, just a few verses from that, uh, I, love, I love this chapter, this, the way that Paul argues this case for the resurrection. He says from verse 12 onwards, But if it is preached that Christ has been raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? If there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. More than that, we are then found to be false witnesses about God, for we have testified uh, about we have testified about uh, God that God raised Christ from the dead, but He did not raise Him if in fact the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised either. If Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, who of all people must be pitied. Or it says in the authorised, we of all people uh, uh, most miserable, uh, mo- most unhappy because we're preaching something that isn't true. But then he goes on to say, he goes on to say this, but Christ has indeed been raised from the dead or uses the argument that lots of people use for Christ not rising from the dead. But as so he says, if Christ isn't risen from the dead, then we're, we're really miserable this morning. We're really unhappy, aren't we? But Christ is risen from the dead. And we can shout hallelujah this morning. We can bring our praise to God this morning. Because Christ indeed has risen from the dead. So as you think of uh, these thoughts that I, I brought with you this morning so so faultingly um, because I'm, I'm finding it difficult this morning but I've no doubt about this that my Jesus who died for me at Calvary's cross is risen from the dead and because he's risen from the dead as the scripture tells us quite clearly because he's risen from the dead then my sins that were so many and that he dealt with at Calvary's cross that he, he, uh, he died for my, my sins at Calvary's cross because he's risen from the dead. Now he can take my sins away. He can forgive me for my sins. He can make me acceptable to my God in heaven, to my heavenly father once again. And this is all because he died for us, but he rose again from the dead. Let's just sing our closing hymn, uh, which is, Thine be the glory, risen, conquering son, endless is the victory, thou or death has won.